This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Swing and a drive. Right field and deep. Back goes Aquino. It's got a chance. Gone. Get out the tape measure. Long gone. Fly the W. Cubs fans, it's time to fly the W with Dustin Rhodes and Paul Crawley Jean. You're listening to the Fly the W67 episode 41. We're calling this one the Mervis Express. I'm Dustin Rhodes, executive producer of the Mullion Haw Show on 670 The Score. Of course, it is your radio home for Cubs baseball. And as always, I'm joined by my good buddy Crowley. Crowley, happy Friday to you. How are you doing, Dustin? You can follow me at Crawley's Cubs, and you can follow us at Fly the W670 on Instagram and Twitter and on Fly the W on Facebook. You can also email us at Fly the W at 670 Fly the W670 at gmail.com. Yep, exciting time of the year. Uh playoff baseball is in full swing. We've made it to the uh divisional round, and just this week we got to hear from uh Jed Hoyer, uh, the owner, Tom Ricketts, put out a fan a letter to the fans, so we got to uh, sink our teeth into that. We've got uh, some uh, popular players in the Cubs uh, pipeline, potentially, doing well in their offseason, and Carlos Correa Crowley has filed for free agency. So uh, where do you want to start in Season 1, Episode 41, the Mervis Express? Well, that's where we got to start here. We All got right. the a- AFL going on right now. The Cubs, the Marlins, the A's, the Yankees, and Tampa Bay have all sent players to the AFL. Uh, if you've got a chance to listen to our great interview with Jared Banner, the vice president of Cubs player development, uh, they sent Bailey Horn, Riley Martin, Sheldon Reed, and Zach Lee as far as the pitchers. So four pitchers, two infielders, B.J. Murray and Matt Mervis, and two outfielders, Brennan Davis and Owen Casey. So the AFL is to kind of give guys kind of, you know, kind of, you know, sometimes to work on things, sometimes like for Brendan Davis's case, get him more at bats because he missed a lot this season. So it's interesting because, you know, you get to see a lot of really good, talented players in one spot. And so on Monday, the Solar Sox lost 11 to 8. No Cubs appeared in that game. On Tuesday, the Solar Sox lost 3 to 2. Matt Mervis went 0 for 3 with a walk. Owen Casey went one for four, and Zach Lee pitched a clean inning. Wednesday, the Solar Sox won nine to two. No Cub appeared in the game, but yesterday on Thursday, the Solar Sox won nine to seven. That was a big day for the Cubs prospects. 
B.J. Murray went one for three with a home run and two RBI. And Matt Mervis went three for four with two homers and a double. Bailey Horn pitched 2.2 innings and gave up two hits and three walks. And Sheldon Reed picked up his first save going two innings, giving up two hits and a walk. But that Matt Mervis, that really big breakout performance, three for four, two homers and a double. You know, it just keeps – the question kind of keeps coming around, whether it be to Jed or to uh, David Ross – over whether Matt Mervis is going to be the potential uh, starting first baseman. Now, this is what Jed said at the press conference the other day. I thought Matt had one of the best minor league seasons I've been I've been around. Um, certainly the best minor league season I've been around of someone that I would say went into the season it was unexpected. You know, for a guy that um, struggled last year in Myrtle um, in his first pro season to. You know, start in South Bend and, and dominate at three levels and really actually you know, almost you know improve his underlying numbers at each level um, is not something I've been a part of. And then you know, hopefully he'll continue that uh, this fall. But, um, you know, really, really special season. And, and I, I'll give So let's just kind of stop it right there here. When you're talking about Matt Mervis, this is – keep in mind a couple things. Okay, this week he was named the Buck O'Neill Minor League Player of the Year for the Cubs. This is a guy that in 2020, they brought the draft down to only five drafts. He's undrafted. The Cubs are able to pick him up. 2021, you know, 2020 obviously got scrapped. 2021, he's in Myrtle Beach. Wasn't anything special. This year was absolutely ridiculous. He hit 309 with 36 home runs, 119 RBIs, and 984 OPS, and 578 appearances. You heard Jed say it. He did it across three major league levels okay N- normally that do- you don't see that happen normally a guy goes to a level he-, he might start off hot but then they kind of figure him out similar to the major leagues you know sometimes they let a guy just kind of sit there for a while he went from high a to double a to triple a and all his numbers ever did was improve uh he led the entire minor leagues in rbis and had the most home runs by a Cub minor leaguer since Chris Bryant hit 43 in 2014. So when you're thinking about this here, Dustin, Chris Bryant, everybody knew there was greatness in that, right? Everybody knew that this kid was the, you know, absolutely, there was, he, was a, he was a can't miss. Yeah, he was drafted number two. Thank you, Houston, for picking Mark Appel in front of him. But nobody saw this coming with Matt Mervis. I don't care what prognosticator says what. That is unreal. Yeah, it's it's really impressive, and it's the fact that he did it across those three different stages, right, of the uh, MLB, the uh, minor leagues. I think that's impressive. the uh, The home runs are obviously very uh, impressive. I I don't see why you wouldn't give this guy um, a shot, Crowley. I I don't see I don't see why not. Um, is there anybody on the current roster that you say? Absolutely, I am so excited that this guy would be the Cubs' starting first baseman in the year 2023. There's nobody in in the Cubs right now that would do that. Um, you know, it's just a question of whether you. Th- I mean, boy, it's it's hard to say what how this happened with Mervis and how it's just become an unbelievable. Just the way that it's all worked out, you just got to ask. You know, it, it it's can it be sustained at the major league level? Again, bet against him if you will. He's showing what he's done every time he's gone up. 
but that is just an absolutely to only spend. So you would only have, he'd only have two minor league seasons under his belt and he would have gone through three levels in one season. That's a ton. And I feel like it's a ton to put on the kid. Um, You know, the one thing that they keep talking about is Patrick wisdom. And a lot of people were very impressed with what he did at first base. I believe Patrick wisdom's a part of this team next year, no matter what, just as what that we don't know. Okay. So whether he's a third baseman, you saw him, you them use him as an outfielder. I don't know if I'd feel comfortable with the center fielder, you know, as far as that's concerned. Um, but you know, he, you know, Patrick wisdom has had back to back 25 home run seasons. Um, but he also has one of the highest strikeout rates in the league, but he played very good defense at first. I was extremely impressed with the defense that he played at first. Well, so, that's a big part I, of it, right? That That's a, that's a big part of it. Right. And so whether you want to make that move with Mervis, whether you want to see how he does in AAA and give him maybe half a season, I don't think that that's the worst idea in my, in my mind. It just, again, Dustin, two years in the minors, three levels in one year, like one year in low A and then three years through the three, one year in three levels. It's, it's just, I think people got to understand how unusual that that is and, and how that is not the norm. And, you know, even if you take a look at, you know, Chris Bryant or Kyle Schwartz, I mean, I mean, those were, like I said, top, top pick prospects, blue chip prospects. You know, I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm stunned. I'm, I'm excited. Maybe the Cubs have really kind of just found a diamond in the rough that people overlooked and, and, and who knows what this kid can do. But if, if you have something in Matt Mervis, here's, here's the thing, the Cubs, they just came out with the list of the top 100 prospects and the Cubs continue to kind of look good in those lists. They have five, five or six players in the top in, in, in from 50 to a hundred, but they don't have that high, high ceiling talent that you saw that uh, the World Series team come up with, where you had a bunch of guys up in those um, top top 50 prospects, right? Chris Bryant, Kyle Schwarber, Addison Russell. Those guys were all in the top 50. A lot of the guys that we've talked about, whether it's PCA, Brennan Davis, those and and and, and Mervis isn't in the top 100. Okay, the, the, you have a lot. Of, I think you have a lot more depth and a lot more pitching this time around. But the high end talent isn't necessarily there. And so if you can have a guy like Matt Mervis break out and, and give you and end up being a huge contributor, I mean, that would be a miracle. I don't think people understand how difficult that is. Right. And I don't want it to be a miracle, Crowley. I want it to be I want it to be real because sometimes miracles aren't real. Right. So I, I want this to be a real thing. I want him to get a chance. You're looking at a list before we started today uh, of the top free agent first baseman available. <laughs> the guy at the top is Jose Abreu. I mean, would that make any sense at all for the Chicago Cubs? Only if to just rub it in the Sox face, if anything. And I don't think the Sox want him. So half the people wouldn't even care. The other guy, though, that is intriguing to me, and I want to get your thoughts on, is a guy that's playing in the playoffs. You go out west, the Cubs fans know him well. Josh Bell. Would you think of what do you think of Josh Bell as a potential first baseman? So this is an interesting one with Josh Bell. You know, he's obviously he's with San Diego and um, came from Washington and we saw him plenty with Pittsburgh and the guy has a lot of pop. And this is where having the DH becomes interesting, right? Because you can sit here Mm -hmm. and you can sign Josh Bell to a pretty nice contract. Maybe let's say 
the, the, the thing is short-term contracts with high AAV is what you're looking at. And so um, a, a, a annual average value right there. So like you can sit there and take a look like, like the Marcus Stroman deal, like a three-year deal and say, okay, we're going to give you three years at $25 million a year, right? Which is Jason Hayward money. But if it's only three years and the Cubs aren't going to have a very big, you don't assume them to have a monster payroll coming up. Uh, hopefully they sign a couple guys, but you know, we, I talked before about uh, you only have one more year left of Jason Hayward's contract that comes off the book. But if you think that Josh Bell can really give you that pop that you need, you could have him at first and then give Mervis half a season. And if Mervis is still raking, then you would say to yourself, okay, well then maybe we bring Matt Mervis up. And I would say you could have Josh Bell DH, right? Definitely could. I, I definitely there, there's nobody there's nobody on this there's also nobody on the Cubs right now that screams oh I'm your DH for the year 2023 either just like first base and we we talked talked about how Jed mentioned holes in this team and and the and I can't think of two bigger holes this year than first base and uh, DH it just was absolutely disaster and when you talk about the lack of home runs. That that's you look at those two positions right there are the two that you can most quickly upgrade. Yeah, I I, I think Josh Bell makes a lot of sense. He he that 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 really got me interested. I'm not poo-pooing the Matt Mervis thing either. I, I think he definitely deserves a shot, and you definitely take a look at him. Um, and maybe it's a, a combination of Matt Mervis and Josh Bell holding down that DH first base spot, Crowley. Yeah, absolutely agree. And as we're talking about free agents, it came out today that the qualifying offer for the offseason will be $19.65 million, so slightly less than $20 million. So this takes us back to Wilson Contreras. Wilson Contreras can accept that and return for one season at 20 or decline it and hit the free agent market. Now, I have a feeling that no matter if he got, does go into the free agent market, then Wilson Contreras will make more than $20 million. How much more? I don't know whether it's 40, 60, 80. Um, but, but this is a big deal. But according to the scores, Bruce Levine, the Cubs haven't offered Contreras a long-term contract since 2018 when they offered a five-year deal worth $40 million with incentives built in. Does that surprise you at all, Dustin? It does. Um, I guess the question is, does offered, it, how do you define offered? Is offered mean, here's the piece of paper, we're electronically these days sending it to your agent, or there, and that makes it official, there's somewhere to actually sign on the dotted line, and now it is a deal and it is set in stone, or is it, that they haven't actually talked real numbers since 2018. That's what's surprising. Um, and right now, it looks like Wilson bet on himself. It's not like the water's getting shut off at the Wilson Contreras household. He's doing okay. And $19.65 million might be more than he gets from anybody, at least for a year, on the open market right now. Absolutely. How about you? Are, are you surprised by it? I mean, what, what are your thoughts? I'm just Don't you agree with you agree with me about offered? Like offered seems like a you could a lot of interpretation on what the word offered means. So as far as my understanding, it's it's that there was a deal 
offered to Wilson and his agent for five years, 40 million with incentives built in. They turned that offer down. And, and then they haven't, then, they haven't talked since then, basically. They've kind of like, basically the Cubs have said, well, what are you interested in something, but nothing serious. I mean, when you want to get something done, you get it done. Right. Right. Um, it doesn't seem like there was that interest. And so five years at 40 million, you're talking about $8 million a year. And again, Jason Hayward was making 20 something a year. Right. right. But right and now, so, right now he looks very smart to not have taken that deal. My opinion. Yeah. Yeah. It, it sounds right. And, but it just, I think the thing more surprising to me out of everybody is that the only guy from now let's, let's take Rizzo out of the equation because he signed that extension prior to the Cubs ever becoming big prior than even, you know, Rizzo going big, but the only guy that they really, the only guy that they extended from that, from that 2016 team was Kyle Hendricks. Nobody else has got an extension. They didn't, they couldn't work out an extension with Bryant. Couldn't work out another extension with Rizzo, none with Baez, none with Contreras. It's, it's, I'm, I'm more shocked at the fact that it doesn't seem like the Cubs were really inter- interested in negotiating with these guys all that much, or they didn't think enough of them to offer them a big extension. Then you have to wonder, because didn't all of them kind of sort of say that there was one common denominator? Something about that as they, as they hit the door on their way out. So is that common denominator at that point um, Ricketts? Is it Theo? Or is it Jed? Or is it the front office? Like, who who was that person? And right now, it looks like the Cubs were smart to not offer these big deals to these guys. The the dumbest thing they did, and I've you know, beat this like a drum, is that there was no qualifying offer for Kyle Schwarber, who I think they could have had for less than $9 million a year. Right. You know, that, and, and I guess, I mean, they got Kevin Alcantara out of the Rizzo thing, but that one to me just... Uh, that was really tough to see him shown the door. I, I felt like that was, um, you know, maybe, maybe Kevin Al- Alcantara will prove me wrong. And again, yeah, you're going younger and a first baseman with a bad back over on the wrong side of 30. And he's playing now with the Yankees in that short porch. That's just perfectly suited for him. But I, I, I have a hard time with that one that, you know, to try to con- have that continuity, that culture. I thought he was going to be Mr. Cub 2.0. And when they just let him walk, that was Shocking, and then, like I said, here you go with Wilson Contreras, another guy from that team that that they raised, like I like you know, grabbed him out of Venezuela. He was a kid, and and they through his whole career with the Cubs, and just shocking that they couldn't work something out. The other huge news, Crawley, I think, is that uh, Carlos Correa is officially opted out of his deal. He told a Puerto Rican uh, newspaper that he is going to test the free agent market. I mean, it's not a surprise. I guess I'm just a little bit surprised that we got the news when we got the news. Yep, and that that's one of the really first big opt-outs that we see. Carlos Correa, who finishes his one season as a twin. And that's not saying the Twins can't, you know, offer a bigger deal again. But 291, 22 home runs, 64 RBIs, 70 runs scored in only 136 games. So... It's another big uh, shortstop free agent class with, you know, Xander Bogarts has not opted out yet. Uh, Trey Turner and Dansby Swanson. And Bogarts and Correa are not in the postseason. Turner and Swanson still are. And you're, you're seeing them make some noise as far as uh, in yeah, the Trey Turner so far, right? Yeah, Trey Turner's like, look at me. Hey, don't forget about me. I might be the, I might be the, the five-tool guy at the top of this class right now. 
And, and Dansby Swanson's looked really great too. I mean, you know, having defense and, and, and obviously Turner's hit the home runs that, you know, everybody kind of likes to look at, but um, you know, like I, I'm just kind of like in my head saying to myself, man, what are they missing? They're missing pop. And so when we talk about this concept of maybe getting a shortstop and, and so, you know, if you get a shortstop like Correa, let's say hypothetically, and, and, and let's say he plays 100, 150 games more, right? You think you'd get three more home runs if you added on another 20 games, right? So you could yeah, have, that makes know, sense. Yeah. 25. Yep. Right. So let's say Correa hits 25 as a shortstop. Patrick Wisdom's had back-to-back 25 home run seasons. You think you could pencil in Josh Bell for 25, right? Mm-hmm. And then you, you'll move Nico to second. You'll, you know, maybe he comes out and even has a better year off. And, you know, it's over from uh, 20 from uh, Ian Happ. And when you talk about, say, a Suzuki, you know, that might be a guy, I, like right. I said, I believe he's going to have a much right. All bigger... of a sudden, you'd have four or five guys that were hitting mid-20s, potentially. Right, and what and and who knows what Brennan Davis does if he comes up for center field. And so, that, to me, all of that is very interesting. Another name popping up in free agent, Aaron Judge. According to Odyssey Insider and 670 The Score guest, John Heyman. <laughs> the Yankees believe that the external competition for Judge are the Giants, and we talked about that with our friends from uh, Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys. Yeah, yeah. He's from uh, San, uh, Judge is from the San Francisco area. The Dodger and the Cubs. So you know, say, say, you know, who knows what happens? But let me just tell you, Dustin, just to hear the Cubs mentioned with those other big name teams—that's what I like to hear. I hated the crickets. When they weren't involved in anything, it's at least good to hear that the Yankees believe that the Cubs might be in on Judge. Judge is another guy that turned down an extension and bet on himself, and boy, that bet sure paid off, didn't it? Yeah, um, Crowley, I I couldn't agree with you more. I think that was very well said. It's good to hear the Cubs are back in the business with the big boys of baseball. That, that, That does make a lot of sense. How about Aaron Judge today, though? Crawley, he was 0 for 5. The Yankees lost to the Guardians this afternoon because it was a rain out last night in New York or weathered out, something like that. A lot of people are uh, bitching and moaning about the fact that that game got called because it looks like they could have gotten it in. Anyway, Judge, 0 for 5, 3 or 4 Ks, booed, booed by the fans at Yankee Stadium this afternoon. I mean, I wonder how Aaron Judge, how that sits with them. I wonder what Aaron Judge's mom and dad think about that. I wonder what Aaron Judge's agent thinks about that. I wonder what Aaron Judge's fiance thinks about that. I mean, the only reason the Yankees are in the spot they are in is that they had Aaron Judge on that team. That's really a really terrible way to treat that guy. All I got to say is come to Chicago, Aaron. We won't treat you bad like that. We'll treat you real nice, Ed. No, don't worry. Let let those let those. You know, it, it's. I find that absolutely. You know, it's it's not like I'm just stunned just, by it. I'm just stunned by it. It's, it's not like it's not like it's game five. It's not like it's do or die. Um, it, the guy the guy's got to be exhausted. He he threw that team on their back. Plus the pressure of getting past Roger Maris. I mean, give the guy a little bit of a break. I mean, I know it's New York, and I'm not I'm not for like giving guys a break, but. It, Today, today I would give him a pass. If it was do or die and he strikes out four times in a game five at home, I might have a boo. I might have a boo hiss. But uh, today, a little early for that for me. 
Look, I've always had a very basic theory. As long as those guys are hustling and and doing their best, I, I've never booed a Cub player unless they've badmouthed the fans. You don't have a right to badmouth the fans. I don't like that, period. And I can probably count the number of Cubs players that I have booed on one hand. I am not a booer, man. It, I don't think it helps anything. I, I, I think, it, to me, it, it, you know, obviously I've grumbled and moaned, and I'm sure that's probably been in the noises that you've heard at Wrigley Field. But, you know, it's, I, I don't think that the, it, there's no point in doing that. I don't think it helps anything. I don't think – and I think it looks bad, just like it looks really bad here. And, and I think you can say, you know, I don't remember Jason Hayward being that bad, booed, that, booed much at all. I mean, let's, so, so yeah. you sit there and you take a look here about what the fans do and, and how much we love our players. I, I just – I don't get it, man. I guess it's just not in my DNA to boo players. You're listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. Dustin Rhodes and Crawley with you. This one is season one. It's episode number 41. It is the Mervis Express, as Matt Mervis is having a heck of a year for himself and could be on the north side sooner rather than later. And, of course, the owner, Crawley, of the north side team, somebody that you give a lot of your hard-earned money to, Tom Ricketts, wrote a letter to people just like you and I this week and wanted to get your opinion on what you read and what your reaction was. So, you know, it's anytime you have an organization like the Cubs, you have talking points. And these are these are things that are going to be repeated by everybody in the organization. Whether you have Crane Kenny on your show, whether we, you know, whether it's Tom Ricketts in this letter, whether it's Crane, whether it's uh, Jed in the press conferences, um, you know, they, they, they talk very much about certain certain points. Right. So, you know, what are they saying? You know, Tom Ricketts does this annual letter to the season ticket to Cub fans in general. Season ticket holders get it and then the fans get it. Um, but a lot of what I heard was similar to what was said in the Jed Hoyer press conference. How obviously the first half you saw a lack of depth and young players that had to learn to play the game and some of the growing pains that goes on to it. Um, talked about the positive second half, the winning percentage, um, as far as how the uh, pitchers performed in the second half with the 289 ERA. That's obviously a big strong point. The farm system, that, that is something, and I think that Tom kind of brought it up a little bit more, but, but the fact of how well that the, the farm system has performed. And again, the, that term that Jed used, positive momentum positive momentum and so he really goes out of his way to talk to talk jet up and and and, and I, I do think jet has done a good job um you know thanking all of this um he said here my family does not take your loyalty for granted nor our responsibility to be stewards of this beloved franchise so i i would say that and he talks about the london series in 2023 so you know it, it's a lot, again, the talking points are there. First half, you know, injuries, lack of depth. Second half, great pitching, position players, uh, young players coming up, farm system. So those are the talking points that you're going to see. I don't think, you know, if you were to rank the worst owners in Chicago, I don't think the Ricketts are anywhere close to the top of that list. I think they're pretty, pretty good owners. Have I agreed with everything they've said? No. Have I agreed with oh, everything they've done? I, you no. could, I, you could, you could have a good argument Crowley they're the best owners in Chicago I would agree you and could I argue they're people. the best owners in Chicago 
I know people may not agree with that, but you know, and, and they, and, and I understand the frustration level over what happened the last couple of years when we expected to be perennial winners, we were supposed to be what the Dodgers are now and it didn't happen. And we lost a lot of players that we cared about in a very short amount of time. And there were a lot of layoffs. And sometimes I think that, you know, you, you have to be as an owner, especially when we were going through the tough times in 2020, everybody, everyone was going through tough times. Nobody wants to hear about biblical losses. Nobody wants to, you know, I, I wasn't happy with some of the cuts that they made um, at the organizational level. There are things, but again, you know, owners aren't necessarily the most popular guys all the time. And I think overall compared to what I've experienced in my life, whether it's the Trib or Sam Zell, I am much happier with what I've gotten from ownership and there's always room to improve, but I, I, I would say, you know, be careful what you wish for Cub fans, because there are some bad owners out there. And uh, I don't think that the, that the Cubs are in that category. Absolutely. The best part, Crowley, and I'll be quick on this point, is that I like that the message was simpatico. They, they sounded, as you mentioned, they're, they're talking from the same script. And I've always said I was willing to give them this one more offseason. Okay, one more offseason. But if you come back with a with a Seiya Suzuki type and a I don't even know if there is a, a pitcher like Stroman available in this offseason, but it's got to be more. One of those four or five shortstops that we were talking about needs to like we need to find out that they just turn the Cubs down. Hopefully not, but they better be talking to all of them. They can't let all of them end up on other teams. You need to have a conversation with a guy like Josh Bell and others like that. So, yes, they have to be eating at the big boy table and out of the cry room and at the front row of the church, if you will. Absolutely, and 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 so we'll, we'll, we'll take a look. Like I said, the starting pitching, I'm not super nervous about. I mean, if they didn't get a starting pitcher, and we'll talk about this at a later podcast, but the, the, the free agent class is not that great. I'm not about spending money just to spend money. Okay, if there's a guy, like I said, when you told me Carlos Correa, yeah, I'm really interested. I've seen a proven track record. I know that guy's a winner. I know that he can perform. That's what I want. I don't want them to get, you know, Justin Verlander, so, you know, so to speak, or something like that, just to spend. I don't think that's a smart move either. Um, so we'll see what happens. But uh, we do have some sad news in the world of Cub fandom today. Uh, the passing of Hall of Famer Bruce Suter at the age of 69 from cancer. Um, at one time, he led, he led this NL and saves five times. Um, Suter was struggling in the minors for the Cubs in the Cubs system when minor league pitching coach Fred Martin taught him the split finger fastball in the spring of 1973 for the podcast listeners out there. That is a pitch that looks exactly like a fastball coming out of the hand, coming down and at the last second dives down. And once he learned that pitch, he, he makes his major league debut in 76 and he all of a sudden just is a great closer. He was on some bad, bad, bad Cubs teams. But in 1979, he won the NL Cy Young Award when he saved record tying 37 games. And that was at a time where nobody cared about relievers. And so to get that Cy Young as a Cub in 79 was amazing. He will be traded to rival St. Louis for Leon Durham and Ken Reitz. He is going to help the Cardinals win, I believe, the 82 World Series. So he was the closer on the mound when the Cardinals win. And then, you know, for people of my age, I know I don't remember Suter very much as a Cub. I've seen video. I've seen old clips. 
But the thing that I remember Suter both for was as being the pitcher who gave up two home runs to Ryan Sandberg on yeah, June 23rd, 1984. Yeah. The Sandberg game. Right. Uh, it's Bob Costas. Sand- it's a Sandberg game. It's baseball on Channel 5, national, national game of the week when you didn't have all the devices and all the apps that we see baseball, every baseball player whenever we want at a click of a button. Yeah, I mean, he was a nasty, he was he was either old school, nasty, you know, he kind of looked a little unkept, a little dirty, if you will, out there on the mound, right? The hair sticking out of the back of the of the cap, a little facial hair kind of going every which way. Um, yeah, I, I, I was shocked by that news, felt terrible. I'm sure you, I have not ever met him or been around him. I'm sure you have at different Cubs events that you happen to be at. But everything that everybody is saying today that I am seeing on social media is nothing but good things and high praise for a Bruce Suter. Yeah, I got to I got to talk to Suter a couple of times, and and I tried not and I didn't really bring up the Sandberg game too much, but uh, you know just talked to him and he's he was a very nice man and and I definitely have some uh, he's definitely in my memorabilia collection. So you know obviously we send our condolences to his family and we uh, wish nothing but the best. Uh, and, and thank Bruce for the years of uh, that he played for the Cubs. Well, Crowley, the uh, divisional round of the playoffs is in full swing. We've got a couple of series that are 1-1. The Astros are the only ones with a 2-0 lead as we sit here right now, but we've got a trifecta of games ha- happening today as we uh, record this podcast. So quickly, um, who are you seeing? Who have you been impressed with? Let's not run these games until we get back with everybody on Monday where we might have some definitive answers or we will be on the cusp of having some series-defining Game 5s either on Monday or right around the corner. So who have you seen so far? Who have you been most impressed with? And are you still comfortable with your picks? Uh, I'm getting a little bit nervous. I, 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 I said LA and New York was what I originally, or I'm sorry, Houston and LA. And so, I mean, uh, you take a look, uh, I think that, you know, obviously Houston is very impressive. And so I think that looks pretty good. Um, as far as Cleveland and New York, you know, we just found out the game just ended and now, and the Yankees have tied the series. So that is shocking. I warned everybody that, that you had a very, Good team with Cleveland. All you need is a couple big hits when you have that pitching and defense. As far as the Phillies in Atlanta, you know, you take a look and and the Phillies. I thought a lot of the teams that very first round we talked about the layoff from the divisions from the wild card series. Those people that had the buys, I think all of them looked flat. And so that is one where um, Atlanta kind of came out really flat, and then they roared back at the end, but fell a little bit short after fallen behind but i think atlanta's showing that they're i think atlanta's going to continue and move on san diego and well, la just Atlanta- just to just to just to let you know crowley I, I know we're recording this and our focus is on this but right now okay right now the game is six nothing in favor of the phillies harper with a two-run home run schwarber on base with a during a three-run home run six nothing phillies bottom of the third in philadelphia I'm glad I said that on the last time when you asked me my predictions. I said, no way Philly's <laughs> pulling this off twice. And, uh, you know. Crazy, right? I mean, that's what's so fun about it, though, right? That is what's so fun about it. I've been pulling for the Phillies just because of Kyle Schwarber, and so far he has stunk out loud. He has not had a good series whatsoever. I've enjoyed getting to see the Dodgers and Padres. Those are two teams that I don't get to see a lot with my crazy hours. So I've been 
enjoyed seeing that. I really can't get on board with the Astros. I still find them to be cheaters, even though I know a lot of the parties involved are gone. But here's the good thing. I like the fact that these are series. It hasn't been as chalky as I've expected. So that's good. That's entertaining. It's good baseball. It's competitive. And that's what I hope it is. I, I hope it goes back to L.A. with a Game 5 on the line. right? I hope the Padres are able to win one down in San Diego, and then it forces potentially that game five. Um, I can't stand the tribe, though. I, I, I want the I want the Yankees to win. I mean, I don't know why you would pitch to Ramirez, and they did it again. The Yankees got up two nothing early in that game. I, I said we weren't going to go through it, but let's put it this way: the good news, Crowley, <laughs> is, is it's entertaining, right? And it's all about being entertained. That's what it's about right now. Be entertained and take a look at some guys that potentially. We, as Cub fans, could poach off of these teams in free agency and make them Cubs, and then those guys can help the Cubs get into this position this time next year. Dustin, what makes the postseason so interesting is that, you know, the best teams usually get into the postseason. That doesn't necessarily mean the best teams win these series. Sometimes it is getting hot, and that's, you know, whether all of a sudden Philly's found a new gear, I don't know whether Atlanta got cold at the wrong time. You know, and, and we talked about San Diego and L.A. as far as one of those classic rivalry series throughout the records. You kind of knew San right. Diego with their stars. That's that's a team that, that if all of a sudden they got hot, they have a lot of firepower on that team. So I'm very excited, and I've enjoyed the postseason very much so far. All right, Crowley, this is a wrap. Season 1, Episode 41, the Mervis Express is off and running. We're going to keep our eyes on that for you guys all fall and winter long what's going to happen with matt mervis maybe he'll be a cubs con to be a good guy to get a picture with or an autograph with if you will i hope everybody has a fantastic weekend enjoy the baseball and crowley and i will be back with you guys early next week for a wrap of the divisional round of the mlb playoffs and if you're interested and you want to keep up with everything, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, Fly the W670, on Facebook at Fly the W, and on uh, you can email us at Fly the W670 at gmail.com. Go, you Darvish. Go, you Darvish. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs>